welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not easy, and tries to make it a little more easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Well, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of a controversy that has uh, bubbled up over, basically over Christmas and the new year. Um, And Melissa, you are our field expert on this, uh, as you've been more aware of it. I sort of saw it coming around on social media, and I asked Melissa, I'm like, what the heck is this? And she's like, let me explain. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we thought it would be good to talk about here, uh, because there's a lot of of important topics that kind of uh, tie into it. So Melissa, do you want to start off, kind of explain what the heck this whole controversy is? Yeah, yeah, I do. And let me just tell you what the young people would say is like, get your tea, let's sip some tea, get your popcorn. (laughs) It is (laughs) an interesting, like, life is stranger than fiction tale. I'm imagining the gif of of, uh, Kermit with his cup of tea and Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Those are in my brain. Yep, that's it. That's where we're at. (laughs) Excellent. Um. Okay, so let's start out here. What we're talking about is the Romance Writers of America, which is, as we have talked about, one of the larger trade organizations, um, professional craft associations for romance writers. They have about, what, nine to 10,000 members. So it's a powerful group of um, women and we've, well, men and women, and we've talked about them on the show previously about the supports that they have and resources and how you can leverage them to build your community. Um, So I have been a member of RWA for many years. Um, I did not, I'm not an active member right now, but I am very good friends with a lot of people in the organization still, some who were board members. uh, And this just exploded over the sort of Christmas holiday where one of the board members had a complaint filed against her um, back in August when she was still in term. And it had to do with some racism charges. So we're already getting into murky territory here. Um, She had called out some writers and publishers on social media about their racism and bias, bias and some just inclusive stuff that they had done. And they did not like Do you it. Wanna, they took offense to it. I mean, not it. not to be uh, not to be like you want to name names just to keep people straight. I mean, it's not like we're uh, protecting the anonymity as this happened all on Twitter. So just to kind of yes. say people's names, just because my problem was keeping everyone straight in all this. I still don't have everyone straight. Um, I can yeah. tell you the the name of the board member, the, the former board member, is Courtney Milan. Um, I will also Mm -hmm. disclose, like, I have met her. She's delightful. I am a fan of hers. Mm -hmm. I've read her books. um, And she was very instrumental in me choosing to indie publish. Um, Mm. So I I was in a leadership position for my local RWA chapter. I got to meet her and talk with her one-on-one. And it was very early in my writing career. And that, so I will say, like, I I, I have a lot of respect for her and consider her a mentor and friend, even though we're not like besties, right? Like a social media mm-hmm. friend. I follow her. Yeah. Um, and then the other, there are two other women involved. One is another writer and um, book. I guess she was a book buyer named Sue Grimshaw. Um, I thought she had a, and then there's publishing. Didn't she have a publishing 
Uh, it, there's uh, two. Publisher? There's a publisher and there's a writer slash book okay. buyer, and it's that's and what's both getting Susan. me confused. Y- yes, it's very it's very confusing. But <laughs> we will post links to all of the Twitter yeah. threads, all of the uh, news articles. I mean, this has been covered on New York Times. It was on NPR today this morning. Um, so there's a lot of different articles that sort of detail what has happened. Okay. Um, but essentially what happened was they filed a complaint with the board of directors of the organization saying that Miss um, Milan violated the code of ethics uh, for the organization and in calling out or accusing them of racism in their books and in their publishing practices. And um, there was a committee formed to review the complaint they submitted findings to the board of directors and then made a decision that Courtney should uh, get a year-long suspension and also be banned from holding any leadership position in the or- within the organization. And as you can imagine, that was met with a lot of resistment, resentment and um, a feeling of betrayal because at the same time, like last year, she won an award for the exact same thing for calling out racism and diversity from the national board at their annual ceremony. Um, And so it's, it was really kind of a sense of like, you're attacking the most vocal person that we have who's standing up for minority authors and uh, marginalized communities. And you're punishing her for calling out the racism instead of punishing the racism itself. Yeah. And then, so that's when everyone started quitting. Yeah, <laughs> um, it went it went viral, and the the decision was posted on I think December twenty third. It went viral over the holiday, and people started quitting. People were upset. Um, two days later, six, five or six board members, maybe eight, I don't know, somewhere around there, um, resigned mm-hmm. from their positions. Uh, and it was almost all people of color on the board, which is also a big mm-hmm. blow. And then it came out that the way in which they handled this was really shady. Like they formed a secret committee instead of using the actual ethics committee to review the complaint. And only certain people had the full reports. Um, and there was some shadiness on the voting. And so then it became a bigger question of how the matter was handled, not just the decision, but um, mm-hmm. If people were actually following the protocol that they should have been following. So board members resigned and the acting president resigned um, from their position around, like, I think on the 26th. Yeah. And then now have they since reconsidered this decision or they're going to reconsider it? Oh, yeah. They also decided they were going to reverse the decision um, and they were going to obtain legal counsel and review. Um, So they were like, hey, Courtney, you're suspended. Go away. And then they're like, wait, come back. We'll review the decision now that social media has created some outcry and there's a lot Mm -hmm. more scrutiny on it. Um, And then we'll let you know what the results of that decision are. And I don't know that they ever sent a new decision out because since then, again, board members resigned. A new president is now in place. They've... um, appointed new board members and they have said that they're going to conduct an outside audit to look into the process and investigate it. But I think that's a little misleading. We could talk a little bit more about why I don't think that's actually helpful. 
Okay. I also saw, um, read a document that Courtney Milan put together because she's apparently a lawyer as her day job, um, which is like, yeah, that's that's exactly the person you want to go after in a thing like this, right. <laughs> the procedural thing. <laughs> like what? And she wrote obviously a very uh, clear, very uh, precise, uh, very thorough document explaining why it, it was actually just bullshit. Um, and so I've read that and got a lot of really good information about that. So that's something else that I would recommend you read uh, to you know, go out and find it because it's it's not hard to find. And she kind of goes point by point of, well, no, well, no, this is a public thing. This is a public thing. And, and this was not a public thing. And, and that uh, just, yeah, about how it was just the charges were ridiculous. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, she's, I don't know if she's a lawyer. Um, she has okay. a law degree and she's clerked for okay. a lot of judges, including somebody on the Supreme Court. Um, but oh, wow. I don't think she's a practicing lawyer. I don't, I don't. Okay. And I will say that because she has that legal mind and I know that she would clarify it. Yeah. <laughs> she's always like, but I'm not this. <laughs> but yes, I'm not precision. the person yeah. that you want to get into this kind of battle with over policy and procedure <laughs> literally her her home turf yeah <laughs> so what does this mean like why why is this important for writers to know about you know even if I'm, I'm not a romance writer but this is important to me why i think for several reasons the one reason that um i am drawn to it because i like i said i've not been an active member for a couple of years for other reasons i'm just i'm not writing romance um at mm -hmm. the moment but um i think that publishing as a whole has is slow to change and mm -hmm. has had a diversity problem right mm -hmm. across genres um diversity like uh, different voices, whether it be the LGBT community, whether it be a different race, whether it even be women writers, um, there has always yeah. been an issue with what do we think will sell? What do readers want? And using that as an excuse to prevent publishers um, from buying works from marginalized communities. And mm -hmm. this organization is designed and built to protect the writers, right? This is a writer-run mm -hmm. organization and it's supposed to be there to lift up all writers and they have failed to do that in both allowing the charge to go through and, and attacking the person who voiced the issue as opposed to um, dealing with the institutionalized racism that was called out. Mm -hmm. And the charges were things like liking some super racist tweets, um just noticing that oh hey everyone on this like in this this uh uh publisher uh, they they were all i think it was just that they, they were all white but i don't think that was a big thing i mean but it just sort of didn't help and then uh there were also some some text in a uh in a romance novel where they described an asian character using some pretty coded language right wasn't were those some of the things that she was calling out yeah, those are some of the things. I think the other piece of this, and I may get my Susans wrong, <laughs> but yeah. one of the individuals also um, was a book buyer for Borders, um, which, you know, yeah. was one of two major uh, distribution outlets for authors. And mm -hmm. they were very big on 
how romance was shelved and categorized. And up until a few years ago, any African-American or Latinx authors were shelved separately. They were not included in romance. And that was because they did not think white writers would read books by other authors. And there were also, also one of these publishers said that they didn't want to, um, that if any author came to them and they knew they were a person of color, they would just send them to this line that did books for people of color, right? So like there was that kind of attitude that she also called out and said like, hey, this is wrong and you are a part of this practice um, and that's not acceptable and you could do real damage and did real damage in shaping the careers of generations of um, people of color who were trying Mm -hmm. to break into the industry or write by these practices. So like there were things like that too that started to get called out Mm -hmm. once the tweets were seen and people started digging in, you know, then everybody goes and does Google searches and finds out Mm -hmm. all your sins. (laughs) And that came up as well. Okay. So this is just really kind of an example of, I honestly, I'm, I'm encouraged by this. Like, I found this very encouraging because it didn't, like, okay, it's like they tried to do the old way, right? Like, tried to do, like, this used to work, right? To say, oh, let's let's shut this person up. We don't like what they're doing. And the fact that no one's standing for it, I, I'm really excited about that. I'm like, yes, good. We're cha- we are changing. It hurts. We're not doing great. But I, I'm, I'm encouraged by this because of how I'm seeing it change. Now, you know, hopefully it'll end well. Um, and it's a long way to go, but I think this is, you were seeing glimpses of a, a new future. All right, do you share my optimism or am I just uh, delusional? I, I do. I think this is like, we are in a time and place in this country where like, for lack of a better word, people are just more woke, right? Like people are paying attention yeah. and they feel like not only do they have the support of their peers, but they feel like they can be vocal and people have their back. Um, and I think that's how this started. I mean, it was not Courtney Milan who came out and said, look what they did to me. It was mm-hmm. people who knew of her who were like, no, you have stood up for us. We are going to stand up for you. We're not mm-hmm. going to allow this to happen, not in our organization. And so, um, yeah, this is very much a new conversation, one that we didn't see 15, 20 years ago. Um, at RWA, I know in like early 2000, so Noah Roberts wrote a letter on this. She's not a member of RWA, but she explained why. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said that she often found herself going up against the leadership over the definition of romance and it having to be a male and a female. Um, And she came out at that point, and this was early 2000s, and did was very vocal about how they need to be inclusive, how they need to protect authors who are writing um, LGBTQ material and that they should allow that and so like there is a history of this but like again it did not have we did not have the social media that we have today we did not have the larger knowledge of people to be able to stand up and and back some of these folks when they make these claims yeah and speaking as a person who is not of color it can seem in this this new world it can seem kind of scary because you know I don't want to do it wrong, right? Because you see the consequences of uh, of these actions and you may have thought, oh, I didn't even realize that was a problem. And what if they go after me like this? And and that can lead to some resistance inside you. To that, I would say, 
it's really just kind of a question of your heart being in the right place. Like, if you are going, if you're describing your characters, if you are treating other writers with respect, you know, you're, that's all you need to do. And if, let's say, you stumble and you say something or write something or make a decision that that might have been okay in 1982, but now you see in 2020 that that was a mistake and that was uh, disrespectful and you didn't know at the time, but now you do, all you do is you say, I am so sorry. I didn't know at the time. I apologize if I if I hurt you, your feelings. I can see why that was insensitive. Um, and I'm going to try to make it right. And that's all you have to do. No one's going to, you know, come after you in the night. You just have to be aware and, and listen and be respectful, which I can't see how that's a problem to anyone to say be respectful. Yeah. And I think um, you can't you can't attack people for raising the issues. And then you just have yes. to apologize. Just apologize and do better now that you know. And I can give an mm-hmm. example like as a person of color, like I still learn all the time and this is so silly, but you know, Disney plus came out a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And I went back and I watched the, well, I watched the new version of lady and the tramp. um, Okay. Which does not have the Siamese song with the cats. Yeah. And I, I remember watching and I was like, they changed the song. Where's the song? Oh my God. Like, how could they change the song? I loved this song as a kid. And then it occurred to me that, that song is pretty, pretty racist. And yeah. I had never, I would never have thought of that as a child. I'd never gone back yep. as an adult and remembered that song. It wasn't until I was watching the movie that I was like, oh, there's a song that's supposed to be here. And then I was like, oh, I feel upset because this memory that I have is no longer here. And then it was like, wait a minute, this is, people found this offensive. And, mm-hmm. and thinking about what actually was there, I was like, oh, yeah, that was offensive. Okay, we can move on. But it's like, it is a learning process. And when somebody calls something out and says, this is offensive to a culture or to a community, it's like, you just have to acknowledge that, like, they have real feelings. It doesn't matter if I don't see it as offensive, if somebody else yeah. feels offensive or feels it offended them or is threatened by it. And if you liked it, that doesn't make you racist. like if you as a kid you were like ah i thought this was kind of funny because the cats are going around and making a mess and you know you didn't see it that that doesn't make you a racist and if you and you could say yes i understand it was the time i i don't know what year lady and the tramp came out you know it it had to be a while like right yeah like like, it's old (laughs) yeah so you know is it is there some uh uh some shadows of, of world war ii and all the the caricatures that were coming there because we're fighting the Japanese that might have you know been in there and so you kind of understand why the people who did that did what they did and also why it's not okay now you've got the past and the and the current and yes that's how it was and that's how it was you can't change it but what you can change is now and it's also respectful to the audience who's going to be watching it right so yeah you know if an Asian person Asian American or an Asian person is watching this show, they're going to, uh, they're not going to be comfortable. Like, well, why do that? Why not let them enjoy the show? Let's change it. It's easy. It's just two dumb cats and, you know. All right, we've gone way long today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I I think it was, I'm glad we discussed it. I think it's important for people to hear and know, especially because I feel like the science fiction and fantasy community dealt with this 
a few years ago on a different scale, right? Yeah. But I know like N.K. Jemison has talked about her challenges in a very white male dominated genre. Um, I, we've seen it in like video game industry with Gamergate. Like there's just like, it's constantly happening in a lot of our entertainment and, and publication mediums yeah. and forums. And it's going to continue to happen. And it's, it's just our new reality. And I think it is for yeah. the better um, that we're challenging these things that we're trying to become more anti-racist, more inclusive mm-hmm. um, organizations. Mm-hmm. And I think it's we're seeing it a lot in these entertainment fields for several reasons. For one is it's because entertainment defines the culture. Uh, it's also because it's so competitive, and so people are already kind of in a defensive position, uh, in a, in, a, in a, a protecting what I have position because it is so competitive. And then to be told, no, actually, you have a big advantage. It's like, what, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. I, I fought so hard for just this little bit I have, and now you're asking me to give some of that up? That's not fair. I think that's where that comes from. It's not correct, <laughs> but it's where it comes yeah. from. So, yeah. Yeah, and historically, but, it's also been what keeps people from speaking up, right? Because they're yeah. like, you should just be grateful. Like, you, it's so competitive to get here that, like, if I rock the boat, I lose everything. And Yeah, yeah it takes a lot of courage to speak up. It takes a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm glad to see that it's normalizing because that's that's the only way it's going to get better. Great. So on that happy note. <laughs> yeah, guys. So seriously, though, it is getting better. And and keep being brave in your writing because that's what we have to do. We have to be brave. Yes. Writers are brave. So I think, yeah, we got to end this up. So thanks, everybody. Um, don't forget that uh, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, everybody. Bye.